You're listening to The Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50. As you know, I'm 20 minutes away from Hartford in the XL Center where they used to play. So that's a very nice touch. The little things matter, the details. I appreciate that. Hey, buddy, we played every Friday on my show for uh, years. It's Positive Friday. I <laughs> oh, was... I thought it was just for me. No, no, but it, that, it fits in. That's that's even better. But, uh, yeah, so Positive Friday is something we've done on the show for, uh, for years. And uh, I was actually a huge Hartford Whalers fan. Uh, growing up so the uh, the brass bananas it's kind of a, a funny gag it's hard for anybody not it's a toe tapper everybody gets excited but uh, the fact that it connects Absolutely. to you is uh is even better um oiler fans uh, and espn there's uh, um there's a, the every game has been on espn this week for the orders and mcdavid and uh, last night obviously the the orders uh, put on a pretty good show offensively and tonight they got the first place new york rangers uh should be a good game and uh, just give me your thoughts maybe kind of on you know the coverage of a canadian team like i think this is the first time ever we've had a canadian team all three games in a row on espn yeah shout out to our programming department there's a lot of hard-working people behind the scenes that sort of make this happen well in advance and realistically like we were talking about this in studio we were uh, doing the intermissions for the Oilers-Devils game, and it was Connor McDavid versus Jack Hughes. And, you know, hockey isn't necessarily, at least among the major four sports in North America, uh, the one that particularly puts a spotlight the brightest on superstars. Yeah. Oftentimes you always hear about the logo in the front, not the name on the back. But at the end of the day, superstars matter. And this that particular game, you had McDavid versus Hughes. And I asked the question of my analysts. I said, is this a situation where we're seeing like the two biggest box office attraction, the two most exciting players in the NHL today? Jack Hughes definitely in the conversation. Connor McDavid probably consensus number one for every hockey fan. So for us to be able to have this New York trip uh, exclusive to ESPN Plus, culminating with the Rangers, like you said, in America, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's something, if it were up to me, and it's not, it's you know well above my pay grade, but I would do something like this every year because that's how important Connor McDavid is to the game. I'm with you. I think it's something you have to do. Like you look at basketball, all their, they play on Christmas and it's all their stars. They focus on all the biggest names, the biggest teams, and, and you got to do it to religiously. I know sometimes, you know, it's later games. This being on the East Coast, definitely the games are earlier. So, uh, you know, everybody has a better chance to watch it. And, uh, I know the orders as a team right now aren't necessarily at the level that they would want to be overall, although they are 11 and six in their last 17 and they're coming around, but uh, McDavid is still McDavid and he's a, he's a pretty big draw. And Jack Hughes is a pretty good player. You know, the Rangers got a, you know, Artemi Panarin. The orders also have dry Adam Fox, a Shesterkin. Like there's some big names on the game on the sheet tonight. Yeah. And the Rangers are among the best teams in the NHL. And like you said, like the Oilers are always exciting. The one thing that I take away from, I say this in jest, but half serious like, I'm sure a lot of the Hart Trophy slash Art Ross Trophy candidates this season are happy that Connor McDavid <laughs> kind of stumbled out of the gate this season. If they can always get like a 13 to 14 game lead on McDavid every year, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to receive that because he's always going to be the front runner for as long as he wants to be in the NHL. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you see a lot of the Rangers, and it's interesting, like their special teams are dominant. Like, they're actually not a great five-on-five team. They've been outscored uh, 58-57 five-on-five. But with that defense core, that kind of surprises me. What What's kind of maybe not going as well as they would like five-on-five? 
a lot of Rangers fans would not necessarily be surprised by that because this is the knock that has been against them for several seasons, quite frankly, even two seasons ago when they were really coming on strong. That was the big uh, criticism was what will they do five on five, especially in the postseason when five on five hockey often matters the most. And so uh, that, that is, it, it's definitely something that has plagued the Rangers for many, many years. But like you said, their special teams are dominant. Chris Kreider in front of the net, like that's been uh, something that we've seen for a couple of years. Uh, and Chris Kreider's really, really successful at it. He just became the third uh, highest scoring Ranger of all time. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot to be optimistic about as it pertains to the Rangers, particularly this season. And it starts in that Igor Shesterkin. I know that there's, you know, question marks for every many teams around the league uh, between the pipes. And, you know, if you listen uh, to uh, Kevin Weeks, who's one of our analysts and also a newsbreaker, uh, he's saying, you know, maybe the goalie carousel will pick up steam uh, yeah. ahead of the, uh, after the, uh, the, the, uh, the trade freeze, the roster freeze of the holiday season, who knows what will come in the next several months, but there are definitely teams out there that are looking for goalies, but Igor Shesterkin is one of those. Th- and, and Jonathan Quick too, by the way, I mean, oh. what a one, two tandem. Right. He's undefeated in the in, in, in regulation, Jonathan Quick, this season. It's amazing. 9-0-1. He's got a nine twenty six save percentage. He shut out the orders back in October. Like, Jonathan Quick's numbers, uh, there was a lot of people that wondered, oh, man, can he still play? And uh, he's gone to New York, and, and he's looked unbelievable uh, for them. And Shesterkin, I, like, I was looking at Shesterkin's numbers. In December, he's got an eight eighty eight save percentage. Uh, now, his last two games... Uh, at least by the numbers, I didn't watch him, but by the numbers, you know, maybe being two of his better games. Is he showing signs of maybe coming out of this? Because for Shesterkin's level, for the most part of this season, he's been below it. Yeah, certainly. Like, then I think that he set a very high bar for himself. It looks like this is a um, hole that he can certainly dig himself out of. I would say that he's definitely exhibited signs of improvement and uh, or for, by his standards in the in the immediate after effect, but... Uh, yeah, certainly. I, I don't think it's a, like a huge concern uh, among the Rangers. It would be more of a, you know, okay, we're, we're seeing, you know, slight improvements here and there each game, uh, you know, each practice brick by brick. I think that uh, they're trending in the right direction. Ardo Cal joins us, uh, breaking down uh, the orders taken on the Rangers. Also, the the league, you know, you cover the league for ESPN. You're doing a lot of different games, and this is this is kind of being a weird year when you look at uh, hey, if they want parity, man, this is the uh, the ideal thing for parity. The uh, the New Jersey Devils, the Edmonton Orders teams at 100 points last year, both currently on the outside looking in. As is Tampa Bay, uh, Carolina is just squeaking in. Give me your thoughts on the Capitals. They just keep winning despite can't score goals, but man, they don't give up many goals. And uh, Ovi finally scored last night, so you wonder if maybe he starts waking up a bit. 14 games without a goal. You didn't expect that to happen coming into this season. It was really going to be the bridge year for him to break the record next season. And now we're wondering, there's a little bit of doubt whether we, he will even get to the point uh, at all, whether he will get to that um, the, the Gretzky uh, total at all. But I think it's still going to happen. I'm holding... 
uh, hope that we will see that, you know, once impossible record broken and you could see it on his face too it wasn't even a one-timer goal in overtime he got the puck he had a couple seconds to think about it he was in his office and he uh, risked it home for the winner by the way um, the image afterwards because preceding that they were on the power play in overtime and right before that there was a scuffle in the net between Tom Wilson and Elvis Merzlikens and Merzlikens was punching him with the blocker on he got a penalty as a result and that led to the Capitals power play but the image whoever took that photo it's one of the all-time uh, awesome hockey images definitely of our time like it's incredible all of the Capitals players are celebrating <laughs> and every single one is looking at Elvis Merzlikens leaving the ice what it, it, it's like one of those goosebumps like wow what a shot kind of images I highly if you haven't seen it yet I highly recommend going uh, I, the Capitals posted it on their social media definitely go and check it out yeah, it was it was a unique post, and it's kind of interesting listening to. And I get that Merzlikens like, hey, Wilson gets him off his game and all that stuff. But man, like things are going so wrong in Columbus right now. Like it is, uh, it is tough times. I, I, I got it. it's only a matter of time. I would think uh, there's going to be a change. Maybe not till the end of the season for the general manager, but you know, this season could not have gone any worse. I think for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I thought that they were maybe only a couple of pieces away from honestly contending for a wild card spot. I thought goaltending was one piece. Uh, certainly they needed uh, higher uh, outputs from Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Laine, et cetera, and maybe a defensive piece here, uh, there as well. But I honestly thought that they had a foundation uh, that could at least get them competitive if they brought in a couple of extra pieces. But yeah, Adam Fantilli is still, you know, a long-term great investment. I think that they're going to get overall fantastic years from him uh, in the seasons to come. But if you're looking at it at a micro level right now, certainly uh, not exactly what Blue Jackets fans would hope for. Arda Okal joins us from uh, ESPN, the Oilers on ESPN again tonight. Of course, you can watch it uh, locally on uh, Sportsnet as they take on the New York Rangers third game in four nights uh, looking to uh, at bare minimum get a point to be 500 on the road trip and uh, would love to go into the Christmas break on a two game winning streak and try to inch some way uh, back closer to the uh, wild card spot Uh, you know we've talked about the orders and they've obviously been a a disappointment where do you come out on the uh, Penguins and the Red Wings So I have a theory as it pertains to the Red Wings. I think the acquisition of Patrick Kane is a win-win situation for the Red Wings. Scenario one is Patrick Kane excels. Him and Dabrinkit get their mojo back. Uh, Among their best seasons in recent memory, definitely Dabrinkit's best seasons were with Patrick Kane. So they either find that magic back and they're doing great things on the ice and the team is contending for a a playoff spot and they, you know, have a run. That's scenario one, right? And scenario two is it doesn't work out. The team falls out of a playoff spot and maybe they're sellers at the deadline. To me, they pick up Patrick Kane. Either it's going to work out or it's not. But if Patrick Kane suddenly decides or if the decision is, I want to go somewhere Uh, where I can contend for a cup at this point in my career and gets traded at the deadline, well, there's going to be some sort of return. And we know how shrewd Steve Eiserman is as a general manager. So to me, if I'm guessing, if I'm, you know, looking into the future, I feel no matter what happens with that marriage, it will end up being a net positive for the Detroit Red Wings in some way. Yeah, and if they don't make it, you know, maybe they trade him. We'll see what happens there. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins went out and got Eric Carlson. 
And uh, so far, it hasn't paid dividends at all for the Penguins. And that's despite Sidney Crosby being on pace for his second 50-goal season of his career at age 36. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get there because on pace, but still, he's probably going to score 40 for only the third time in his career. He's having a hell of a year. Isn't it funny that we're talking about Sidney Crosby in the goal category and not Alex Ovechkin, right? Like, how funny is that? Uh, And by the way, I'm not saying he's a top three right now, but he's definitely in the vicinity of the Hart Trophy conversation at this point in the season. He has to be. Just based on his output, based on how he has carried games for them, I know it's not as good as they would want to be, but he absolutely belongs at least in, in the consideration conversation. Like he's on the list of the 10-15 that you would consider uh, at this point in the season. If it continues, he gets to that 50-goal plateau, you have to seriously strongly consider him. Absolutely. And uh, is Jonathan Quick starting tonight, by the way? I believe he is. He is. Eh? And that would be, uh, I believe he is. And uh, like you said, he hasn't lost in regulation, uh, which is incredible. I always, the, the funny image, I know this is uh, not Rangers related, but the image of Jonathan Quick uh, raising the Stanley Cup last year with the Vegas Golden Knights. I always found that, you know how like as hockey fans, we like to try and figure out the order in which the players will raise the Stanley Cup once they win it on the ice. It's like captain receives it, raises it above his head, obviously Ray Bork being the exception, and then it gets passed around, right? And there's always like the secret list of who gets it next. Jonathan, always remember, fellow hockey fan, that Jonathan Quick raised the Stanley Cup for the Vegas Golden Knights before Aiden Hill. Hey, veteran, man. You get uh, priorities there. That's what happens. (laughs) I guess that's it. No matter what. It doesn't matter how many games you played. doesn't matter. You're a veteran. Doesn't matter. You've won cups before. You're part of a you know uh, close to a dynasty Kings team. Uh, nope. Doesn't matter. Veteran presence. And uh, lastly, if if I had to say, okay, here we are. It's December twenty second. The biggest story in the NHL. I'm going to say the biggest story in the NHL so far this season has been goaltending, either injuries or lackluster play. And there is so many teams right now that are searching for goaltending, consistency in goaltending, or trying to find healthy goaltenders. It's amazing the amount of injuries and struggles we've seen from goalies this year. I agree 100%. I would also add the uh, coaching carousel in there as well for the amount of coaches that we've seen in season being relieved of their duties. But I'm also, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking on uh, Edmonton Radio, the Oilers are a big story. If you're picking one team, their start and how they finish. I still believe they make the playoffs. I still believe Connor McDavid wins the Art Ross, and I still believe that he's my Hart Trophy favorite. So uh, that's me. That's my opinion. I don't follow the team every single day like you guys do. I'm at a macro level following every team equally, especially the teams that I um, do studio work for. But the Oilers this week, the deep dive, the deep dive that I've done, I'm still confident in what I just said. I would agree with you. I think the Oilers, um, you know what, they had a terrible start. But uh, they're a good team. They're a very good team last year. They were a good team playing poorly. They were they were worthy of their record early on. And just like I think now 11-6 and six in the last 17, they're worthy of that as well. All right, enjoy the game tonight. And uh, we'll see. Can the Oilers hand Jonathan Quick his first regulation loss of the season? Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.